hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! I'm scared. Good. You should be scared, because Out Now is a film podcast where we discuss new movies weekly. However, it is October, so we are doing these special bonus horror episodes all month long. We are talking about a variety of different topics related to horror. Um, we've already talked about The Fly uh, last week, the David Cronenberg film, uh, which was a lot of fun. We had that. That's up on iTunes now. And the week before that, we uh, did a commentary track for Dark Man, which we... Uh, tend to think of as a kind of horror adjacent given its tribute to universal movie, uh, movie monsters uh so this week uh we're going in a new direction uh we're going to be going over the uh, the lethal ladies of horror well we have a, i think there's a variety of ways to take that phrase and I, i'm going to get kind of get to that but that's kind of the general topic for this week's episode which should be a lot of fun so joining us this week to discuss the lethal ladies of horror we have from why so blue don't get under his skin is jason coleman his name is jason and today is his birthday How's it going? <laughs> From Joe Blow, he is one of the innocents. It's Jimmy O. He had the uh, the devil's eyes, the blackest eyes. <laughs> Wait till the music stops. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Hi. <laughs> uh, and lastly, from Why So Blue in the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he's got eyes and a face. It's Brandon Peters. Hey, welcome to Prime Time, bitches. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> no, he went Jason. And then you and Michael, I went Freddy. So here we go. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> yes. How, and I'm just hiding. How are all of you doing today? Good. Wonderful. Great topic today. Very timely. Right. Very and very and very uh, uh, very in the wheelhouse of Jimmy and myself, which we're very excited about. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's what we should get into right away. I, I know this this concept you've uh, you guys have uh, fitted into. Uh, the uh, the flicks for flan- fans um, kind of screening series in the past. So I think there's a lot of ways to go with this topic, but I want I want to get to I want to talk uh, go to Jason. I, I want you to kind of go over where this this kind of idea came from as far and what you've done with it in the past. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I again a lot of uh, even in the, the the top of this podcast, you know, we we all kind of referenced a a, a male. Um, uh, serial killer or a male monster, and and they do tend to dominate. But you know, one thing you know that that that's kind of uh, that that you know, which of course shouldn't be. But one thing that's a little lesser known is some of the awesome female uh, lethal ladies of horror. So the idea that Jimmy and I came up with, and we did a festival on March the 29th of 2014, was to mm-hmm. highlight great works by women in horror. And the premise of it was, let's not go for it. Let, let's you know. Uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is great in Halloween, but I don't know if I would consider her a lethal lady because she's a, she's tough and she's a survivor. But uh, of course, I haven't seen the new one yet. But uh, but the idea is women who are the aggressors in horror, women who are the monster. They are the 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 person coming after you. So you know, I really we really had to Jimmy and I had to not only narrow it down to uh, women and great performances that were that embodied that, but also ones that would actually come out and uh, and do a Q and A and so forth. So the idea in my, in our minds was that lethal ladies were women who were the aggressors in horror. Okay, mm-hmm. and speaking of the 
of, of putting that film together. You, with that festival, you had, what, Drag Me to Hell, Night of the Comet, and Christine. Right. Night of the Comet mm-hmm. is stretching it a little bit, but I love Night of the Comet, you know, and they are some tough moments, but I don't know if I would necessarily put that in the exact same category, but definitely Drag Me to Hell um, was uh, Lorna Raver, uh, who played uh, Mrs. Gannish, and she was the woman who put the, uh, the curse on uh, the lead character of that movie, so she came out along with her stunt double, and then, of course, Christine. Now, Christine's kind of a... Um, uh, 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 a wash because Christine, of course, you could consider as a woman, you know, it is a, a Plymouth Fury, but at the same time in the novel, it's actually embodied by uh, the last owner who's dead, who kind of is in the back seat in the novel. So it's, it, it, it varies from movie to book, but it's still cool. Cause we had the actual car, the, uh, the, the Plymouth Fury yeah. from the film mm-hmm. in, in person. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, for me, you know, the ones that I pick here, there, there was obviously ones that are very iconic and ones that I, I, would have picked more um, in certain aspects and stuff. But again, we wanted to have the lethal, each of the lethal ladies there for the guests so that they could interact with them and talk with them and all that good stuff. So, but there is a myriad, you know, going over it. It's funny because I went over the notes for that because obviously I originally, Jimmy and I had kind of brainstormed and there was so many, there's a full list of at least like a hundred great performances by women as aggressors in horror. So there's, so that's why I'm, I have, you know, I don't even mind going last because I think even amidst the ones that you guys pick, I could still pick a bunch more. So there's a myriad to choose from. Well, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the idea here is that we're eventually going to go, we, we, all of us here have several different, um, films that we've picked out that uh, represent that in some way. And we'll, obviously we'll talk about them when we get to them. Um, mm-hmm. but I want to keep going over the topic a little bit. Now you keep saying aggressor. And when I mm-hmm. hear that, I don't necessarily hear villain. Oh, sure. I mean, it could be it, it could be in any way, shape or form. It could be villain, could be, the you know, the person coming after you, the person who's psychotic, the person who's vicious, the person who's getting some getting some payback, the person, you know, the person who you're scared of in the horror movie. That's the person. And see, I honestly, in the way I took my list, I have a variety of picks here, but I was mainly trying to think of not 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 the final girl type character, but the one that is an aggressor, but is going back at the evil. Um, I, I, so I, t- I, so I took it kind of in a reverse pattern from how you're describing it, which I, gotcha. as far as, uh, or as a lethal lady in a horror film, I think I've, I've covered my bases when it comes to my picks, but I, I do think I, there's a, 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 a variety of places to go with that kind of idea. Jimmy, what are you saying? Sure. Yeah. That's the beauty of this uh, subject. It's there. I, I, let's face it. Women horror has, is a really great, I mean, it can be very misogynist and it can be very horrible on that level, but generally the women are pretty tough in horror and it's 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 always fun to see mm-hmm. the uh, different ideas of who we see as lethal i i guarantee you all of us will have probably different picks most definitely days. but uh, you know what you know the, the great thing about this is we're highlighting like long stocking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, highlight... <laughs> we're highlighting great works by women um mm-hmm. in the genre be it whatever we consider the category of lethal ladies to be, which I'm thoroughly yeah. excited about, sir, super excited about. Well, it's little like, orphan it, Annie. You mentioned yeah. you mentioned the idea of uh, you know, like women being tied to the to the genre, which is very true as far as how you know how tough they stack up against some of these things or how they end mm-hmm. up being. Now, obviously, there's a you talk about misogyny or there's a kind of a, a um, I just had the word and I just lost it a. There's a fear factor. That's not the word I'm looking for, but that's what I'm going to go with. There's a fear factor that comes with having someone that's quote unquote weaker than the aggressor. If there's a giant monster versus someone that, in a stereotypical sense, is frailer and smaller, I can you can see why mm-hmm. studios or writers or what have you would put that as far as 
as creating the most amount of tension possible, putting something yeah. that's, that's seemingly smaller than the thing that's going after them. And I can see why that's tied to the genre for, you know, a variety of years, a variety, a number of years. Um, that said, I mean, as the scripts got stronger, and even you can even look at classics, and there's a lot of examples of this where the, you know, the women are not only the ones that survive, but the ones that ultimately overcome the evil. But mm-hmm. it's even, I think, Brandon, you can speak to this too. You haven't spoken much so far, but I think we can... Uh, you, you can you can you can trace it back a, a while as far as uh, women being the kind of the strongest characters around and how they survive. Well, well you yeah. know, there's one thing. Uh, let me really quickly, Brendan. I'm sorry, but I, I want to get this out of my head. Is that you know I re- I I'll always remember the story of you know Jamie Lee Curtis when she did Halloween, when she did The Fog, when she did Prom Night, when she did Terror Train, Road Games. She her first big break into quote unquote mainstream movies was Trading Places. She didn't have to do that in any of the other movies. That's she fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's an equivalent. There's equivalent too, where you know women that have major like meaty awesome roles on television, they go to movies to be the wife or the girl holding hands with the action stars. They run away from yeah. an explosion. And, but they have these huge, better roles than what their male counterparts in the movies could ever dream of on television. But then they upgrade to film to like play wife, mm-hmm. you know, we're, getting, we're starting to get a, a, like better at that. It's still not very good, but that's something, something you'll see. Like, like let's look at like Carrie Washington has that show. Is it Carrie Washington's like scandal? scandal. scandal. It's huge, yeah. That huge show people talk about. She's a lead. It's great. And then she, I mean, even she goes into a Tarantino film, and she's you know the prize to be won for Jamie Foxx's character. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's yeah. a whole big story. Maybe that's a poor example, but I mean, she's she's a big presence on like television stuff. She goes to be a small bit part in an important movie. Well, we just we just talked about First Man on this week's episode, where you have Claire Foy as Neil Armstrong's wife, where mm-hmm. on TV she's what the queen on that Netflix mm-hmm. show. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, so it, and while you know we we talked about how she does a good job with what she's given for that movie, it's like yeah, compared comparatively to you know the lead major character that's I assume complex and dynamic given the nature of the queen, versus she's you know has to deal with Neil Armstrong for most of the movie. <laughs> like it's it it's a shift. That's not clear, uh, obviously, but I mean I I see what you're saying for sure. For sure. Let's see. I, is there anything else we want to go over before we kind of get to our picks, or I think we can probably just get to it. And I want to know. I want to know what Abe area. picks. <laughs> mine, are, mine are like the most mundane ones because I don't want these guys to. <laughs> well, let's let's start things off. Let's 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 hear a little bit from Abe. Let's let's hear your first pick. Yeah. Hmm. My first pick for one of the uh, what was the term again? It's very uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Sunday, Abe. We've got Queen Alien. Oh, right on cue. <laughs> but uh, Queen Alien, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, horrors, horror villain women, I guess. Uh, she's beautiful. Yeah. She, she's huge, by the way. Yeah, she's and huge. I think that it was one of those situations where I. You've seen the aliens. They look pretty pretty cool. And then you see Queen Alien in... You see her in Aliens. I gotta stop you. Alien Queen. That's like... That's the, we, were, we reversed this. Alien Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's just... It's, it's, so, it's so minor. It's just bugging me. <laughs> ironically, also played by Claire Foy, which is amazing. Exactly. No one do that. Yeah, I was gonna say, Claire Foy played her as a teenager. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, well, I think she would have been a, like a baby. But like what you guys are all but... saying, the way that uh, Cameron set it up 
it's a, it's a beautiful layer that she has all these eggs around her and with all the face huggers and then she's kind of just there just pumping eggs out and she's gigantic well it's also and there's that that understanding when ripley sees her face to face and the kind of mm-hmm. if you let me go i won't burn all your shit and then <laughs> <laughs> the and then the queen it seems like she's giving a signal to the other xenomorphs and rip was like okay whatever and then just burns everything anyway burns everything. <laughs> yeah then you hear all this screeching <laughs> Oh, so yeah. we're the, never uh, a mother scorned. Absolutely, great stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, that's a good choice, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Yeah, Jimmy, let's go to you. What's your first pick? Mm. My first pick. I, should, should I start with TV or should I do the uh, movies first? TV one. Damn it. Okay, go for it. Well, let's do TV. Let's say uh, you know, I, we, you're, we're talking about television, and we're talking about how it used to be. You know, women would go these strong roles on television, and now there's so many great roles on television. And one of the actresses that I've been a fan of for years, she's Oscar-winning actress, she goes to TV and she becomes a freaking cult icon, and that's Jessica Lange in an American Horror Story. She is, she, I wish she was on every single season of the show. She always makes it better. She's always strong. She's always intense. She's fierce. She, she gives so many layers to each season, every character she plays. And it, it, it was really fun seeing this Academy Award winning actress take on these creepy little characters and these creepy little stories. I, I Honestly, she kept me on the, at that show for years. And I'm, I, the word on the street is she's coming back. So I'm in fact, I know she's coming back. She's in the trailer for this week's episode. So, uh, yeah, that Jessica Lange was my first choice. It's a good pick. It's something about that show in general that I admire, and it is a show that has a has a, lot, a variety of female characters each season. For it's, sure, it's like a, a it's an anthology series. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're a bigger fan of it overall than I. I like some seasons more than others, but um, sure. it's the it's like it's a great acting exercise as far as everybody, including Lang, gets to play a different person each season, and they go to like mm-hmm. crazy lengths to do so. <laughs> like, Sometimes they play different season, different characters in one season. I, I believe uh, Sarah Sarah Paulson played a couple of characters in one season. So, I, I, I mean, this was a real toss-up. You could pick Sarah Paulson. You could pick Kathy Bates. You could pick Jessica Lange. There's so, you could pick Lady Gaga. You, there's so many different... Uh, you know, Ryan Murphy really likes to write for women, and I believe it sure seems like it, and he has a lot of fun making these really cool characters i i I think for jessica lang i i loved asylum that's probably still my favorite season and i love that character uh, that she played in that i thought it was in wonderfully deep and as evil as she gets there's something a sweetness to it It, you know as the uh, character progresses throughout the season yeah she's just phenomenal first of all she's one of the best actresses working period i mean she's really 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 incredibly talented and uh, to see her on a weekly horror show, I'm yeah, that, I enjoy that quite a bit. Brandon, let's go to your first pick. My first pick, <clears throat> I am I'm going I'm going to dial way back to uh, Barbara Steele's character from Black Sunday, Mario Ooh. Baba movie, uh, Princess Azavaja. She's a witch. Uh, oh. She was burned at this, or she was actually put one of those like creep cra- crazy like metal masks and burned, and then she comes <laughs> back and tries to. Uh, come back through the life of somebody similar to her in that, but it's a really creepy, iconic performance. It launched, you know, it wasn't Mario Baba's first film, but it was his first one with his name on it mm. as a director. 
because he, you know, it was studio days and he finished a lot of movies where people quit. But this was his first project and this was uh, that kind of launched both their careers. And uh, she she went on through a hell of a career in horror. I mean, she would do a, she did a lot of Italian films and she do like stuff throughout the 70s. I mean, she did like she was in like Piranha. Um, she even was so I think she good. was she was a part of the Dark Shadows uh, reboot in the 90s, uh, too. But um, but this performance is just creepy like i mean you can find pictures are just iconic and this i mean the due to it being black and white too even helps how just like nightmarish and satanic this movie like really looks and um i think a lot of like uh like rob zombies lords of salem some of the opening stuff kind of feels inspired uh from black sunday as well oh for sure but i can see just that nails it but yeah that's that's uh that's that's my my first one I guess I'll go next, so I can I can as as Jason desired, I can let him go last mm. and see what he comes up with. Mm. Um, so as I said, I took my list and I think a slightly different direction as far as I didn't make them necessarily the villainous characters. I tried to make them ones that were uh, just as powerful, if not more powerful, and decided to take things back towards the enemy that was going after them. And so my first pick, a film that I rewatched today because I haven't watched it in a while and I wanted to, um, is uh, The Descent. With uh, yeah. Shauna McDonald nice. as uh, Sarah nice. Carter and mm. Natalie Mendoza as Juno. Um, the film's about a bunch of spelunkers. And these two characters particularly stand out. Uh, one being the main protagonist and one kind of being an antagonist, if you want to think of it that way. Um, but they're the mm-hmm. ones that really stick it to the cave monsters that they eventually come across in this film. Right. And they don't take things lying down as far as being stuck in a horrific situation and which is just being stuck in a cave and then having it turned up to 11 by having cave monsters coming at them. They're ones that they know how to, they, they fight back. Uh, they, they take matters into their own hand. Uh, Sarah, the, the, the Sarah character, she like makes her own flare, which is pretty cool at one point, or not flare, torch at one point. Uh, Juno is good with the axe, like, and they fight these cave monster things. And it's a, you know, the film itself is like, it's a bunch of, you know, female friends going on a cave diving adventure and there's some, you know, there's a backstory involved and whatnot. It's a really good movie. Neil Marshall, I forgot how, I didn't forget, but like, it's been a while since I've seen it and I love Neil Marshall's editing. Like, it's so shocking to Mm -hmm. see like even mundane things happen of like, you're so like on the edge of your seat because you like, you know, you're watching a horror movie and everything's cut to be like, this could be a scare or this could be a scare. He's good with violence too. Oh yeah. His his violence. Mm -hmm. I've always said this. His violence hurts. Yeah. It's very, it's very visceral. Yeah. And it's, it's visceral in a way that like, like, like you're saying it hurts where compared to something like, I don't know, Alexander Aja, that just feels gross to me, where, like, <laughs> Marshall's violence feels painful. Like, yeah. everything that happens feels painful in his movies. And there's a lot of that going on in this movie. And But those two certainly do a good job of delivering the pain as well. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Descent is my first pick here, because there's, there's some good stuff in that one. Nice. Uh, so let's go to Jason. Jason, what's your first pick? So, for me, you know, you know, I, I, I would, you know, at the top of my list would be, you know, someone who who I think all of those roles aspire to in terms of not only, uh, you know, not only prestige, but also in terms of awards. And so I, my first, you know, the, the champagne, the champ, the, 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 uh, the champagne choice would be Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes in Misery. She, of course, mm. won the uh, mm. won the Oscar for that role. Um, she was somebody I definitely tried to get, you know, for our Lethal Ladies thing, because, I mean, he, this is this is a this is a, 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 a again, another barren kind of tale uh, takes place in a very small space. But it requires a, a villain that's interesting, that's layered, um, that's that's worth watching. And I know Kathy Bates had gone after 
trying to get that role because she had read it and she related to it and, and just knew that she could she could nail it. And in that role, it's it's quite a magnificent piece of work because you have a, a, a woman who you're you're not sure is quite right, but she seems very affable and just slowly, slowly turns like a wonderful demented corkscrew um to, to the points of of you know she she wants this character back so she she's torturing poor james khan who is in quite a, a good role for him but at the same time a totally thankless role because he really is stuck to a bed for the whole movie but um she's ample in carrying all kind of the misery and the the distraughtness and the creepiness on her shoulders from the the hobbling to to her her nightly you know sporadic rants it's a real wonderful, stunning, awesome piece of work um, that deserved the Academy Award. So I would, my mind, number one, Kathy Bates, Misery. I think what really helps that stick out is casting the the really great casting of James Caan next to her. Because James Caan's yeah. a guy that, he doesn't seem, he doesn't play vulnerable very often. No, like, no. That's not a guy no. you think of as like. It's perfect. Yeah, that's not, that's not somebody, like you can look at, you know, if you want to go with other Godfather cast members, you can you can see Al Pacino be vulnerable. James Conn, right. he's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to take yeah. a lot to like to like offset his nerves. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like this. You know, this is this is thief. This is James Conn. This is a guy that's not going to yeah. take it lying down. But literally, he has to lie down this entire movie and deal with the stuff that's going on around him. I'm going to point out right now that I'm going to write down all the all your choices so I can like make a list because I know a lot of the listeners that like these horror episodes, they like to have lists of these movies from basically just to watch because there's a lot of great movies that we recommend. So I am keeping track of all these things so I can put it into the post for this episode. They as well better as well. listen, too. They better not cheat and just look at the lists. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's rude. rude. I'll make it a digital scratch uh, scratch off. So yeah, as, as more you listen to the episode, the more scratches off the list. I have that technology. I can do that. Um, <laughs> Abe, let's... It's like a scratch and win. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Abe, let's get back to you. What's your uh, second pick? Very, very related to uh, Alien Queen. <laughs> Had to make sure that it was there. Is Other Mother, which was very much designed like Alien Queen. Oh, yeah. Where okay. It's very sp- spiny, bony, and uh, like beautiful silk black. But what I love about Other Mother is that... From, uh, from Coraline, by the way. From Coraline, yeah. right. Okay, what I love about that. the mother is that it's a very she's super evil. Like you don't really get it. Like when Coraline gets stuck behind a mirror, what if you if you're not paying attention, you don't realize that there are dead bodies under the blanket. Like other mother has no time for wasting anything. She just wants to get children's souls and replace them with you know bags of sand to make you go missing forever kind of thing. And she is uh, super evil down to a T. And it, it's um. The way that she has been designed and the way that, that Terry Hatcher kind of voiced her, uh, she voiced both the mothers, I, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah. she is incredibly, incredibly, uh, like, just vicious. And I love that about it. it it's such a, like, a, a nice, sweet story about, you know, being confident in yourself and facing your fears kind of thing. But other mother, when you really look at it in terms of, like, an adult's view, that's a, that's a crazy lady. And she mm-hmm. does terrible things to children. I am so curious what kids think of Coraline. Like kids that grew, even I guess that movie's pretty old now. But I mean, kids yeah. that grew up watching Coraline. I'm so curious what that reaction is if they find it to be legitimately scary or like kind of creepy uh, or whatnot. 
My kids, uh, they watch it. They they like they they enjoyed it. Uh-huh. But every time they think about watching again, they kind of think twice. They're like, "Wow, well, that was kind of scary." Because it's wow. like a, a monster that sews buttons on your eyes. Like that sounds right. terrifying yeah. to me. So it's, <laughs> so, well, it's so blank and dead looking. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like when, that's yeah. a creepy movie. That's a very scary movie. It has great, Henry Selleck has he, Henry Selleck and, yeah, and the team great, and the yeah. team at Leica, of course, but it had just put great atmosphere into that movie. So. For sure, yeah, yeah. Good pick. Good, yeah, really good pick. Jimmy, let's go to you. Back to you. What's your next pick? Well, you know, I was kind of playing. I, I mean, this the, my next pick. Really, I could have picked for her for a lot of things. Uh, everything from you know, Relentless Four, Ashes to Ashes to Lord of Illusions. But I, I got the new uh, House on a on Haunted Hill. And how could I not pick Famke Jensen? Jensen, I know I'm saying mm-hmm. her name wrong, but my God, she is so great in House on Haunted Hill opposite Jeffrey Rush. She is she is vicious, smart, conniving. She's she, and obviously she's not necessarily the main villain. The house is the main villain, the ghost and the creepy crap that's going on, all the crazy stuff. But she's so vicious as especially the scene with Peter Gallagher that I won't if you, people haven't seen it, there's a scene with her and Peter Gallagher which is just golden. It it, it it is the she's the femme fatale of this movie, and it's it's so much fun to watch. She's relishing playing this very 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 evil lady named Evelyn, and it's 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 oh god, and she's just amazing. I love this performance. I, you know, it's one of those movies, House on Haunted Hill, directed by you know um, um William Malone. It's just one of those movies. I think that people have grown to like a lot more. I think it didn't get a hugely positive reception when it first came out, but I think it's kind of grown on people. It's certainly grown it on me. Have, it certainly has a following. I, when, when that, when the new Blu-ray was announced for Scream Factory, a lot of people that was very mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it today and it looked, it, by the way, it looks gorgeous. It's, mm-hmm. I yeah. just, it, it, it's, I think it's filled with so many fun characters and a big part of it is her. Her and, Je- and Jeffrey Rush, it's it, watching those two together, just you know, attack each other is so cool. And I mean, come on, she's Jean Grey. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and hey, as recently as Hemlock Grove, Deep, she's done so much genre. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, you know, hats off to Bomka or however you know. <laughs> <laughs> It just sounds like Jimmy's phone is going off all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that's my Michael Myers doll that I'm playing with. <laughs> Brandon, what's what's your next pick? Um, my next pick is uh, to me like uh, one of the, what I think is one of the best, like not just gender based, but uh, horror performances in general uh, is Isabella Johnny and Possession. Ooh, good choice. I she's both the victim and. Uh, <laughs> the you know lethal lady in it but i mean it is just a it's a i mean she is wall to wall like all over this part like she has to go like batshit crazy and it's all bible and it's all just fascinating just incredible watch sam neill's in this movie too it's this australian uh based film and it's kind of i don't want to spoil things but um because I would, what I was going to compare to might have spoiled some of the later s- stuff in the movie, mm. but she goes nutso in this movie, and it's not just—it's not over the top. 
It's not like, oh my gosh, let's watch this campy thing. It's genuine just terror dread and it drives the movie, which is a really good movie, which is it's kind of an obscure movie to find. I think it's easier to find now a days, but it for a while it was very tough to get a ha- get a hold of, but I I just think that performance is just top notch. She won a best actress at the Cannes Film Festival for this movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. Um, am I next? Yeah, I'm next. My we name. saved Jason for last. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> number number two. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. Um, my next my next pick is uh, Zoe Bell as Zoe Bell in Death Proof. Uh, Ooh, good one. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's his his is a contribution to the the Grindhouse project 2007 um Zoe Pillow plays herself as a stunt woman in a big car chase movie essentially uh, a slasher slash car chase movie there <laughs> it's it's amazing that like when you think of best car chases of all time that like Tarantino found his way to like get onto that list mainly because he just strapped a stunt woman on top of the hood of the car and just drove her at 80 <laughs> miles 90 miles an hour next to like mm. Kurt Russell uh but that's what happened and <laughs> I think that's enough to qualify her for a list like this because it's it, it's there's a chase element to it, but it's not from running. It's from just being hurled in on top of a car for a good duration of the film. But at the same time, you get both like you get to like meet all of the like these these characters in this in the second half of this the second half of Death Proof, which has like a whole first the half. restart it yeah, like the resets. Re- yeah, when the film re- in the sequel to Death Proof within the same movie, you get, you get this whole new batch <laughs> of characters and you learn a lot about her and the others, and you get that friendship, which is like it's well handled because you care about these people that are stuck in the situation with Kurt Russell running them down, and so yeah. then like one of the like the best. Up, uplift moments of this film is after like the first half of their chase stops and Zoe Bell is like fallen off the car and then she just kind of like pops up and they're like all right I guess we got to go chase this guy down and so she like <laughs> she, like hops in the car grabs like a what like a pole and then just like goes off as if like they're going on like a joust against Kurt Russell's character mm-hmm. so it's just like it's a lot of fun and it's a tough as nails performance because she's actually doing this thing of being on top of this car speeding down at ridiculous speeds and as well as like going after Kurt Russell which I mean we just talked about like James Conn being tough it's like Kurt Russell yeah that's that's a fun like villain to have in your movie to go against as well so mm-hmm. Yeah, his crying is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets his comeuppance. I'm just playing around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Jason, what's your next pick? Well, I, my my selection for number two, we're gonna take things to more like a pint size idea. So, uh, you know, you don't have to be big and burly to be a creepy, creepy, awesome villain in a movie. And for me, number two would be the great Isabel Furman in the 2009 film Orphan. Mm. creepy awesome you know i'm there's a lot of i don't know what to give away here exactly because for those who who haven't seen it it's a it's a kneecapper let me put it this way Uh, isabel you know she's done other movies she did the hunger game she did some other stuff Uh, because her performance scarred me so much in that movie every time i see her that is what i equate it to just just it's it's ingrained in my brain so you've got a little girl who's nine years old 
who has this British accent and she wears these very formal, um, you know, neck, neck, neck piece and, uh, and, and armbands. And she's very, she's very regal. She's very, very kind of British, but we don't know a lot about her, but she seems very maniacal and she starts to turn in the movie and, and we're not really sure. And there's an ultimate, of course, reveal, um, and that will just kneecap anybody who sees that movie. Now, on top of which, you've got a great cast. You've got a pre-conjuring Vera Farmiga, Peter Stasgard, um, mm-hmm. the director. Um, Young Kalit Sarah. Yeah. Liam well, Neeson's really, main man right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really interesting layered. But what makes that movie is Isabel Furman. And think about that. I mean, she at the time, she's like nine years old. I mean, to, to pull off something that focused and creepy and eerie just that lingers on me like a dirty shirt it's awesome man it's a great piece of work and so number two is isabel Furman in orphan there's something wrong with esther mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the question is when she takes out her ribbon does her head fall off like in that horror movie or that horror story? well you're gonna have to see it yeah. oh i want Abe to see that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is uh this is creepy kid movies do get me um, they tend well, they to be, get me all the time. Yeah, uh, they, and this is one of two that Vera Farmiga stars in. The other is Joshua with her and Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yes, yep. that's um, true. And and the thing that generally gets me about them is that there's always like one character that like knows the truth, and everyone else is like, "Here, that's just a child. What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's a mix of I'm creeped out and I'm also really frustrated because I agree with this person and everyone else is disagreeing with me, and it's really like, "Oh, come on, uh, just pay attention." It's like the Simpsons episode where Maggie's trying to kill Homer. Exactly, exactly like that. <laughs> uh, so back to you, Abe. What's your next pick? So the next one that I have here, it. it, it I guess potentially it could be up for discussion, although the remake kind of explicitly makes it clear that it is a woman, is uh, Let the Right One In, the oh. original Swedish film. Um, nice. But nice. what I really like about it is that it's... Uh, I remember watching because there was this period in 2007, 2009, and whatever else where I was just catching up on a whole bunch of movies. Um, this is like when BitTorrent was big, uh, which we strongly discourage you to use, by the way. Thank you. Um, uh- but I was watching Leather I Went In, and I was like, wow, this is weird because it's uh, – I think it was super highly touted, and it was uh, one of those things where people were like, hey, this is a really, really good modern-day horror film. I was watching it. What I really like about it is that it's very, like uh, – it's it's from the perspective of the kids, right? So it's this, like, lo- loner kid who gets picked on, and he meets – befriends this vampire who's been taken care of by this old, old man – and this vampire kind of just, like, does cool stuff with it. By cool stuff, I mean, like, you know, they hang out with each other, and she kind of protects him. She, it, kind of protects him. It's kind of a little bit more ambiguous but in they, the original she, film. She looks like a 12-year-old girl. Like, that's the thing to yeah. keep in mind. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. And But I think her, her name in the movie is, like, Ellie. something. It's Ellie. Oh, is it Ellie? Oh, okay. All right. Well, with all that being said, though, I'm a big fan of it just because of the way that um, – they really subverted my my thoughts on this, the vampire genre, uh, and this is kind of like me not exploring too much of the genre by itself, but still, you know, I never really think of children in vampire stories, but also I never really think of somebody who could be so vicious and yet shot so well. Like, it, it's not really gruesome or anything like that, even though gruesome things happen. But it's one of those things where it really is a story of, like, friendship at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. I find really, really interesting because uh, I'm kind of bummed out at the end of the movie. So <laughs> let's write one in, Ellie. We need to preface this that, that Abe bought the DVD and he went and, and it wouldn't play. Um, and then, it, and then uh, he, he realized, look at the time, oh, the store I bought it from is closed. I can't return it tonight. 
but I have to watch it. So we went to go rent the movie. Yeah. And then we went to rent it. It was all scratched up and wouldn't play by the time we watched it. And so he's like, well, I have to watch this today. So he had to watch it somehow. But he's got the receipts to prove he has paid for exactly. it. Exactly. Right, there you go. You, yeah. Like, Where's exactly the story going? <laughs> Verbatim. What happened? That's, wow. That That is one of my favorite vampire movies in general. I do think it's incredibly oh, yeah. strong. I, yeah. It's a great Blu-ray because mm-hmm. it takes place in Sweden. And the look of snow is always, like, my favorite thing on Blu-rays. So it's just a – it's an incredibly well-shot movie. Uh, was it Tom, Thomas Alfredson did this one? Did yeah, it's almost it, it, and and the fact that it was you know Thomas Alfredson's first, and the fact that it did come up from a very Swedish sensibility. There's a slowness and a quietness Correct. that makes yeah, that movie yeah. creepy. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. It is like deliberately paced, and yes. because of that European sensibility, where you don't have to have action in every sequence, and the editing is like not super choppy. It's like it's actually really really well done. Like you can see a lot of the the setting, and you can really get a feel for you know just what's going on in this mundane town it's the kind of movie where something i like about vampire movies is how you can always explore the rules of a vampire because every movie can treat it however it wants to because they're not real so who cares um so the the way it incorporates vampire powers in this movie i found to be just wonderful and it all like leads to like a, a brilliant cathartic moment as far as how ellie helps handle the bullies that are featured in this film uh yeah and that's all I'll say. And that said, um, I like the Matt Reeves remake too. It's not as yeah, good, it's not but, bad. I, but I still think it's a, a competent. Fi- I think the, in particular, the Richard Jenkins role, um, I think is better handled in that film than I than it is in this film. Um, yeah, for but, sure. But uh, no, let the right one in. Great movie, great pick. Agreed. Uh, Jimmy, what's your what's your next pick? Well, I, I keep kind of going. To, you know, I kept thinking of where I wanted to go with this, and I, I kept thinking of Oscar-winning actresses that kind of you know, blew me away with other performances. And uh, I can't, how can you not think horror? And Stephen King, we're back to Stephen King with mm-hmm. Marsha Gay Harden and as Miss Carm- uh-huh. Carmody in The Mist. Mm-hmm. Oh That's my great. God, yeah. what an unsettling performance. <laughs> I, it, it, it pains me that she didn't get nominated. Did she get nominated for that? I don't think she did. Probably like, no. A, no. what's it What's no. it called? A, um, a Saturn Award or something like that. Probably something like no. that. But it, it's such a, it's such an interesting, role because she's such a you she comes across as this nice seemingly religious woman who just is the epitome of evil she is so vile and sickening by the end of the movie you're just like screw screw the i'll just deal with the monsters i'd rather deal with them and deal with this psycho lunatic, you know, religious nut nut case. It did get that Saturn it, nomination. I that <laughs> it did, yeah. I thought, I thought it did, yeah. but it, it, it's a really, really wonderful performance, and I, I it's, it, I really like the Miss. I really, really love that film. I had issues with the ending a little bit, just because as a as a dad, I'm just like, seriously, dude, come on. It's Wait rough. a few minutes. It, it, not, Wait, even, uh, even not as it, a dad, it, it's very rough. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's such a it's such a well made movie. There's a lot of really great moments. A lot of them come with her, and she's so God. It, what a what an amazing performance. I, equally, I, I definitely I think one of the best female performances in a Stephen King adaptation. And I I I, I was shocked that she didn't get more attention for that when it came to like the oscars and the golden globe because it, it's a phenomenal performance definitely deserving of a best supporting actress it's such a it's but, a big performance in a way that works given the film and i 
I'd be very curious to hear like a radio play version of the mist and like see all these people do the same things. I think you could probably get the same emotion across given just how scornful she is in that movie. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they, I mean, like they, the whole time when she's, you know, like when it starts getting to the point of where, well, we'll just sacrifice. I, you're like, what are you <laughs> kidding? But here's the, here's the thing. We do see people like this very much on a ra- especially nowadays. You're seeing a lot with you know you, those videos of people filming uh, random people in markets and stuff. Uh-huh. You're seeing a lot of people. You're seeing this woman all over, and it, it's a fascinating. It, it's just such a unnervingly brilliant performance. Brandon, what's your what's your next pick? Uh, Sylvester Stallone at the end of Nighthawks. <laughs> Oh my god, I was going to mention Lindsay Wagner earlier. I can't believe you did. That's amazing. Proven he can do anything. Uh, no, uh, my uh, next one, I'm going to go for someone who kind of kicks some ass. Uh, uh, Rocky from uh, Phantasm 3, played by Gloria Lynn Henry. She, she's a character who just like comes in, holds her own. She's you know not afraid to face down uh, the, the balls and the tall man stuff, and she's also not afraid to... Uh, Stick it to Reggie, even though they do hook up. It's, uh, but she's she's able to hold her own with the boys and not take flack, and she's uh, pretty memorable. I mean, and this was the first of the films that were straight to video too. She's got nunchucks too, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've still yet to see a Phantasm. I've seen the first Phantasm. I've never seen a sequel to any Phantasm movies. You actually, my favorite. Really? Is, uh, honestly, oh man, yeah, you, got, you gotta see the sequels, especially Part Two. I think. Part I think two is still my favorite. Two's good. Three, I think three to me feels like more of part two. You know, like if you like part two, you should probably like part three a bit. For Although sure. it does its own couple things. And then four, I've I've never been uh, that big. I mean, four is comprised of a lot of footage that was not used in the first movie. Yeah. And, it's not, it's and not shows it's that not he only had like five bucks to make the movie. But he does well with what he has and it's interesting. But I'm just not never been that big on it and it's it can it can can times drag but it's an interesting way he went about it i mean I I do, I something i do know with with, with uh, don coscarelli uh, he t- he feels like he's a good actor's director so i'm not surprised to see like he put one of his films uh, on here mm-hmm. like because he like he gets a great performance out of bruce campbell in bubba hotel and uh, yeah, okay. there's a lot of things about john dies at the end that i do like quite a bit so it's like mm. There's a lot of things I don't like about that movie. Also, Mamma <laughs> so, so, Mia. So it's like at some point maybe I'll see the rest of this Phantasm series. So, oh, Mamma Mia was good too. That last one, Mamma Mia too. I love that. Still Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> what was the real title of that movie? Here we go again. Mamma Mia. Ah, too, and here we go again. They actually went with like uh, the the title that makes sense. Okay. Of course. Here we go again. My my. How can I resist you? We'll just wait for Mamma Mia. That's the title of the third one. Yeah, Mamma Mia 3. Yeah, I keep adding this? lyrics. Yeah. Strangely, Mamma Mia 5 will be called Mamma Mia the Reckoning. Ooh, that's going to be good. I can't wait. Can't uh, wait. Where are we in this? Um, number is number it, three. Is, is it my turn? Is, is it my turn again? <laughs> I got number lost. three. Um, Mamma Mia. Race. I went, for, uh, I went for a newer one with this one. This is actually two films, but I think the... I, I think this really works um, for a variety of reasons. It's a uh, Fiona Dorif as Nina Pierce in Curse and Cult of Chucky. Yeah. Uh, okay. I something I like about these recent Chucky films is they're 
in terms of their continued quality is that they found a way to make Chucky threatening and find a, a character that kind of matches that that viciousness because at the end of the day Chucky's a doll so it might be believable the first time around and I like how they creatively try to find ways to make the doll aspect work but here's a character that is paralyzed um, and so they they actually kind of level the playing field to an extent and there's kind of a matching wits as far as how to handle these two facing off against each other and i mean it only helps that there's the clever casting of brad duriff chucky the voice of chucky's daughter as <laughs> as mm-hmm. as his adversary that's it's clever but she's also very effective in these movies the the cult of chucky in particular because it takes on so many new ideas that really took it in a fresh direction that I continue to be excited about where it's going to go next. And I'm also baffled by the fact that they're making remaking Chucky. It's like, why? We're like, no, yeah, it's no, pretty no solid one that spirit. no one that watches these Chucky movies is like, man, this could really be redone again. It's like, we're, we're, there's, a, there's, a, there's a there's a current continuity that we're very. Excuse me, well, we have a story know, we're, we're in the middle of. It's such a that's like it's like why are we why are we remaking this? Like this is the thing that's working. Like remake the other How ones. How are they going to remake you know a cigarette lighter in a car? They don't have that anymore. <laughs> Listen to our audio commentary on Child's Play they recorded last year around this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think she's very effective in these films as far as having to, as I said, match wits against uh, against Chucky. Um, so, I, yeah, that's my pick for the next one. Uh, Jason, where are you at? Yeah, number three. Okay, I think this one might be right up Abe's, uh, Abe's, uh, Abe's, you know, right yes. up his alley. <laughs> right up, I'm right up waiting, Abe's I'm alley. I'm waiting to finish a very simple phrase. <laughs> So my third lethal lady is, and you know anybody who reads any of the stuff I do knows I am a huge, huge uber fan of Jess Wexler. Um, even this year alone, she probably will definitely end up on my best actress list for a movie called Entanglement um, that she was great in. Uh, I don't like where this freak's going so far. Free, 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 free samples, you know she's she's one of my favorites. But her first. Her first film at Sundance, right out of the gate, is a movie called Teeth. And to me, it, it, uh, it's, it's a fantastic um, performance that goes from one extreme end to the extreme other. You know, it re- it's funny because I did do an interview with her on Entanglement this year. We talked about Teeth. And she said, you know, I'm really proud of it, you know, especially in this time and this movement and and, and what's going on with women. She said, you know, it's, it's a movie that that uh, that I really, you know, I really look back on fondly and like. And I, I, it's it starts with a girl who is kind of a, you know, a, a young girl, a teenager. She, she heads up this abstinence group, you know, to say no to premarital sex, all that good stuff. But where, and her character ends up going through this full movie. And that by the end is a full blown lethal lady, um, you know, in full prowess of her vagina dentata that's the premise of the movie is that of course she has extra parts um and it's 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 harrowing it's it's um it's a coming of age story at the you know uh, uh, on the most extreme and uh it's, it's extreme on both sexes and as far as I'm concerned, you know, because I saw Mitchell Lichtenstein's second film and it was okay, but I think Jess is a huge, huge part of why Teeth is such a memorable, brutal, and just completely oh, unnerving, amazing film. So it would be Jess Wexler in the 2007 Sundance hit Teeth. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It's also yeah. a um, kind of a superhero origin story at the, at the end of the day as well. <laughs> 
Right. Kinda, yeah. Kinda, yeah. She wore the last shot of the movie. I wanted to see her keep going. Like, I, she's now, she's now, you know, embracing herself, who she is, what she has. I want to see more of that story. So. Yeah, it's like it's like Death Wish, I guess, at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just vigilante justice from a certain perspective. Um, Abe, let's get back to you. What's your what's your next pick? Uh, what you call it? Uh, the next one here is a little bit more recent, and it's from a movie that I don't really like, and it's it's Tony Collette in Hereditary, where she is uh, this mother who's going through this grooving process, and she's just being. I guess she's just never had enough hugs as a child, which you can't blame her because her mother was very hot on her. But at the same time, I just really like the way that Tony Collette just snaps at her son and then just goes crazy at her son. I, I'm a big fan. I mean, Even though the movie, not a big fan. I mean, it, yeah, it, Abe doesn't like good movies. Just preface, guys. Yeah, that, that to, is to a be really fair, good movie, I, I by think, the way. I believe Jason's more on Abe's side on this one. He's, I am. I did not like Hereditary. He's, he's one of the rare, one of those rare ones. <laughs> yeah, Jason, we're the rare ones. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a movie. But I mean, yeah. once, yeah, it's I mean, a sequel. Speak, speaking of future Oscar-nominated performances, though, yeah, it's, it's, she's terrific in the film. She's terrific. I mean, again, she's giving this performance that kind of kind of goes the whole entire range of, you know, kind of the everyday ho hum mom, and then all of a sudden, it has to deal with a lot of uh, dramatic things, and then she kind of just goes full force uh, into a realm of. You can't really tell if she's losing it or if everything around her is being lost. And um, there's there's actually some really cool elements about this story, but I just didn't find it that compelling overall. But still, Tony Collette in Hereditary, pretty top-notch acting there. Yeah, she's great. She's great in that. Jimmy, what's your next pick? Well, you know, I I wanted to go a little differently, and of course I go back to I, – I, I'm into the Oscars right now. And this is a movie, I know this is going to shock you that I'll, I all like. It's not necessarily horror. It's a little, you know, stepping into the wasteland, stepping into the apocalypse, end of the world stuff. Come on, Furiosa, Charlize Theron, Mad Max, yeah. Fury Road. There is no more lethal lady than that. She's... I. I the fact of that horror? You, yeah. I, yeah that's... I'm sorry. I'm putting it. <laughs> Mad Max is there's enough gore and crap going on in that. I'm going to call it yes, yes. She's a, it, it's close enough. It's genre. It's action. I'm I'm going to consider it because she's fantastic. Should won an Oscar. Uh, one of the best performances I've seen in the past ten years. I I love every moment of it. So I don't care if it's not completely horror. She was awesome. People were dying. It was cool. We're all silently shaking our heads at you, but, you know, keep going. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I was just driving in the whole time people were dying, Bart. She's amazing. Love that movie. I mean, come on. You guys know I got to mention Mad Max Fury Road at some point. I mean, there is a part where they guess the sun goes out, so it's dark. Thank yes, you. Thank you, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon, what's your next pick? Oh, I was uh, I was gonna pick uh, Anne Hathaway from Dark Knight Rises because you know creature of the night, right? Excuse me, you know, I'm, can... sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm uh... sorry. Oh yeah, and you're getting after me for Fury Road? Okay, okay. Sure anyway, just uh, hashtag my Joe. my yeah hashtag Joe. Hey, you can get Anne Hathaway in the SEO points too now. All right, so all right, my real pick is uh, Ginger Snaps, Catherine Isabel, mm. my favorite werewolf movie of all time and she is uh on the prowl in this movie she's a uh, you know it's a basically coming of age 
film about uh, a girl entering womanhood and a sister's challenge by one's, you know, uh, growth and the other's still kind of held back with it. But, you know, there's a lot of cool werewolf action. She's, you know, vicious. Um, she's really overconfident, cocky and pretty, pretty vile. She did. You see her turn throughout uh, the movie and it's just awesome little werewolf. It's this little Canadian film. And uh, I, I remember just renting the VHS in college just randomly and then falling in love with this movie. And a lot of it had to do with just, you know, how great she is. Emily Perkins, very good in the movie, too. I also like the sequel as well. Ginger Snaps. I, yeah. I would also I, I would also I'm a good. huge, huge, huge Catherine Isabel fan, um, mm-hmm. even in, in and, scene. Uh, what is was it? Uh, see no evil, whatever. Two the yeah, see no evil two. Yeah, just a great have... role. You know, she steals every movie she's in. I would also put up against that as well. Uh, her work in American Mary. Yeah, great. and she she was also great on Hannibal when they uh, when she came in. Right, 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 right. Show. So she's she's really dipped her hand in horror quite a bit. Absolutely, big fan of Catherine Isabel. Mm-hmm. Great choice. All right, uh, the place I'm going next is um, in slasher territory. More recent as well. It's uh, Sharni Vincent as Aaron Harson in Your Next. Ah, yeah, uh, okay. The she's kind of a kick-ass lady, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lethal lady for lethal yeah. lady. <laughs> got, okay. Um, in in a horror movie, you know, part, part, one of those you know requirements. One uh, of those. There's a lot of great subversion that I like about your next, um, which is is it Wingard? Wingard, the director on those. Yep, Wingard yes. and, and Simon Barrett's the writer. Simon Barrett, yeah, yeah. Their their collaborations. Um, I still think the guest is my favorite of their work together so far but i i really mm-hmm. like what your next was going for as far as we're gonna make you a slasher movie but we're going to flip the script in a few ways and one was how to handle the final girl where instead of having her be just running away she's actually like super trained in in survival tactics and becomes this yeah just this person that's just going after the people in masks and not taking it lying down much like my picks for the descent um she's very much up to the task of fighting back um in a way that certainly makes her lethal and there are some pretty grisly things that happen in your next which is uh, wonderfully recapped in the end credits of that film um there yeah it's it's a fun flick for sure and between seeing joe swanberg and ty west shoot barbs at each other and <laughs> yeah. and and having just some really kick-ass action in the midst of this crazy slasher film uh there, there's a lot of good joy to get out of it but yeah i, I think she fits right in you have i just realized you have four directors in that film you have yeah. <laughs> you have adam wingard who's directing uh-huh. you have um as you just swanberg. mentioned uh, swanberg and uh ty west ty, ty west. west and then you got amy, amy simon too yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mumblecore horror man yeah but, that uh, was Aaron, you could say when the time came in your next, Charlie Vincent stepped up. Boom. <laughs> myself out. She was lethal. That sounds, like a, lethal. that sounds like a Blu-ray cover quote right there. <laughs> Jason, what's your uh, what's your next pick? Okay, well, keeping things on a you know on a on a creepy and uncomfortable level, um, I would go with another film out of Sundance, which is well, you know, it's weird because the year I went to Sundance, there was a, there was only like a couple of good movies in the in the midnight section, but there's been some great ones. Teeth was in the midnight section, and this was one in the midnight section. Um, and it was a it's a creepy tale um, about uh, a, a, a proposed looking pedophile who goes and um, propositions uh, a young girl, and she comes and she turns the tables on him. It's called Hard Candy. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The girl is played by, of course, a very young Ellen Page, and that movie is just 
that's a kneecapper and it's a but it's a beautiful kneecapper because it really kind of deals with creepy taboo disgusting issues of 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 pedophilia and that kind of stuff but really turns it on its ear and gives it a good gives it a good nut punch that movie is just uncomfortable and awesome and just unrelentingly brutal um it's early david slade of course who yeah. went on to do Flew of other stuff, but yeah. it, 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 I, I could see why Ellen Page went on to great, you know, do other, you know, bigger stuff from that movie. And of course, Patrick Wilson, again, playing, the, these guys all play great roles, but it's, it's, it's the thankless role because you know he's a dirtbag. You know he deserves it, but it, it, it's walking the line of is somebody, you know, uh, is she going too far or is it not far enough? You know what I mean? Because he's such a, because he's such a sleaze. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a movie that, that, that deals with uncomfortable, uh, situations, but just does it in such a brutal and honest way that it's just, it's kneecapping. So for me, number, uh, number four, Ellen Page in Hard Candy. David Slade, I don't know why he hasn't been able to do more. He's done a lot of TV. He hasn't done like enough films because I think his no, style, he, he has a great like visual sense um, that yes. I think carried through here. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of 30 Days of Night, but I really like what he's trying to do visually in that movie. And yeah. then, he, I mean, he got a Twilight movie, so he like he got he made ungodly amounts of money. It seems like he should be able to make another movie again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You think, right? What were you gonna say, Brandon? No, I was just gonna say like Hard Candy. I remember when that came out. That was like. A huge deal. They had buzz, and then it's I, now it's like, oh yeah, I remember Hard Candy. Crap, like that was yeah. it was a big deal back then. It, like launched, it got. I mean, you know, Juno did launch Ellen Page, but like mm-hmm. that was part of it. Was you know following it up like that. There's a there's a sustained yeah. sequence where something's yes. occurring. Yes. And it's so like hard to like think about. Um, oh yes, it, I remember like sweating, thinking like going through the sequence that I'm referring. If you've seen the movie, unflinchingly, you know what I'm about. yeah, unflinching, yeah, it, just awesome. Yeah, oh. it's brutal. That is oh. brutal. Yeah, and there's not even like it's not even gory as far as what no. I'm referencing. It's all about just kind of emotion. Yeah, and the idea and the idea of theater of the mind, which yes. is sometimes even more disturbing. Yeah, the staging is just very it's very perfect to set you up to have a certain frame of mind of what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good pick for sure. Uh, Abe, back to you. What's your what's your last pick here? Oh man, the last pick is a very recent movie as well. It is one that uh, really sort of had me going till the end in terms of her character. It is Rose Armitage of Get Out. Oh. And she is somebody who I thought was on our side when you're watching the movie. And unfortunately, she's not. But with all that being said, though, hats off. We've mentioned it many, many times. Jordan Peele, great job on all the minutiae that you entered in. Because everything that uh, is in Rose's room and the way that she has her closet set up and everything like that, it's very, very manicured. And like it took me a couple times just to... Really, really pieced together how evil uh, and what a huge bitch that she is. And so uh, kudos for her for for playing up the role. And then also getting after uh, getting after our hero of the story with like a, a hunting rifle and chasing him down. There's a lot of layers to that performance that I really like. Um, that movie in general, I think there's a lot going on there that Agreed. that rewards rewatching. Like it, 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 there's there's more stuff that I discover every time I rewatch that movie as far as the things that Peel very carefully did to kind of make certain highlight certain aspects and other things going on beyond the the basic plotting. 
when she I ate mean, the once she ate the cereal and then and did the dirty dancing thing, she became a, a total creepy lethal lady, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, she she just <laughs> yeah. went insane oh, yeah. at one point, and I was like, oh wow, this is crazy. Like I'm I'm really disturbed by by her <laughs> you know performance here. But also, Aaron, to your point there, I mean, I it took me a while to understand the whole entire pullover scene when they're driving to her parents' house. Uh-huh. I was like, this is actually really really layered so that nothing can be found on record. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah, it's it's clever. It's very, it's a very yeah. clever. It's it's deceptively clever because I do think it can be perceived as simpler than it might actually be. Um, but then again, it was a huge hit and scored a bunch of Oscar nominations, so I think maybe people caught on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, what's your what's your last pick here? I, you know, I was thinking about. I had a couple of ideas in mind. I kind of wanted to go for a film that's not even out yet, but I'm not going to do that because that's not fair. But goddamn, T- Tilda Swinton and uh, Suspiria, by the way, amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All of the many roles she plays. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about vampires as well. And I think my favorite vampire movie doesn't mention the word vampire. And that is Near Dark. And that is Jenny Wright. Uh, what a badass leading lady she is in that. And she's not. It's weird because she's she's kind of the the damsel in distress, technically, but she's also a blood-sucking vampire that feeds off people and, and you know, uses Adrian Pazdar for her little toy. And she, such a she's she she's one of those actresses. It's a, it's a real shame that her career kind of went. I don't know what really happened with it. I know there's you know, it's she she kind of disappeared for a while, but she did. I Madman, But. I, in fact, Near Dark not only had her, it also had Jeanette Goldstein. I was going to say freaking Jeanette amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both really solid performances, and I, you know, that what a great and I, I, I mean, if you're gonna lethal lady of horror, Catherine Bigelow, man, she directed this baby, yeah, and it's we'll, we'll talk about some of that next on next week's topic. We'll get back to that. But no, good. I mean, good. There, yeah, like, like yeah, that's a good pick. And like mentioned, yeah, Jeanette Goldstein's also in there, who's also in Aliens, uh, which yes, who's also in Aliens, also makes her a lethal lady there. Talk about Lethal Lady, yeah, that she's great. I like how we none of us picked uh, the same one. Whoa, we're not done yet. That's true. <laughs> don't jinx the perfect game we're going for. Here. Oh my! Yeah. I know. <laughs> you don't talk about the perfect game. <laughs> All right, Brandon, Ooh. what's your next one? I, I too am doing Near Dark. Wait, no, um, <laughs> I've got, I've got like still, got, I, I have a big list, so in case one's crossed over, but none have so far, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but we're going to go with, um, kind of not, a, well, lady, but not, but I was going to go with the character of Angela from Sleepaway Camp uh-huh. as portrayed <laughs> by both Felissa oh, Rose okay. and Pamela Springsteen. I had a, ba- I I had a backup um, there. Bruce, the boss's sister, um, as she's both, uh, a terrifyingly haunting image in one movie and then kind of a darkly comedic one in another uh, with some fun, gory, campy camp horror movies. But um, you'll never forget Angela if you ever seen the first Sleepaway Camp. If you go to the second, too, you'll have fun for one and then be kind of tired of what they're going for for the second one. But, you know, it's a, it's an interesting uh, female killer. Air quoted, female killer. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it counts. But it's played by an actress. I mean, given given, given the direction of the franchise, I would say it counts. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, given the, given that, the character arc, I think it counts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. It was, it was an odd one. So. And spent talk about Oscar caliber performances. 
<laughs> oh my god, yeah. Sleepaway camp. There's, 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 yeah. there's like five great ones right there. <laughs> oh my god, they're all they're all so good. <laughs> uh, my last pick, um, it's been a while uh, since it's I've been a while. Been a while uh, since I've seen this film, but it's a performance that has stuck with me. Um, it is Angela Bettis as May in the film May. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, very good one. Which nice. is uh, that's more towards I think the direction that most of you guys are as far as not necessarily the villain. Uh, I mean, I think people should discover this movie if they haven't seen it because it is a small movie. Uh, Lucky McKee's 2002 film. It's a psychological thriller. It's about a basically a loner, <laughs> um, very introverted person who <laughs> her attempts to connect with people lead to some very interesting choices as far as how to how to to make some sort of friendship um there's i'm being very vague because i think there's a lot to discover in this film and it goes to some really interesting places as far as how horror factors into it um in addition to bettis you have uh, anna ferris and jeremy sisto in this film and they both are good compliments to what's going on but the there are two scenes again i haven't seen this movie in probably over i guess over a decade at this point but there are two sequences in particular that really have never left my mind as far as how brutal some of the things that happen are one involves children (laughs) which sounds sounds worse than as i say it out loud and the other is the entire ending of this film which has a whole i mean if you spoke of the other mother there's a sequence that very much resembles what the other mother is trying to do in Coraline. <laughs> um, um, I can only imagine because I'm never going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like May. It's a good psychological horror film. It's 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 solid stuff. And um, those are some of the worst horror films for me. Because yeah, the, the guy who just dissed Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a great film. Um, it's notable. I know uh, Ryan. It's Ryan Johnson. Like was the editor on that film, right? That was like one of his first big like movie credits. Um, and Steve Yedlin, the cinematographer, who's come a long way as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a very well-made movie, but it has a great central performance by Angela Bettis. Didn't she go on to like beat Carrie in a film too, or something? Yes, she did. She yep. was in the uh, TV movie, right? The TV yeah, Carrie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was far better than the crappy Chloe Grace Moretz movie. That was garbage. I hated that film. You mean the superior Carrie film of all? I <laughs> know. Uh, no, the best one, as we know, is the Rage Carrie too. That's that's what we. It was better than the Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz. Yeah, that one was horrible. That yeah, was it's not horrible. Good. Yeah, it's a terrible. Oh my! And, I... and then you have the original with Sissy's. Talk about Lethal Ladies, Sissy Space. Like my God. Yeah, Amazing. I, I do like that we've seemingly tried to kind of avoid some of the more obvious ones. Yeah, you don't need us to tell you Carrie. You don't need us to yeah. tell you Jamie Lee Curtis. You don't need us to tell you The Bride of Frankenstein. Like, those are... Uh, I've you been very who, happy with these lists. Can I add somebody really quickly who I I just wanted to name? No, you and, made your Furiosa guess... pick, so no, we can <laughs> move on. Don't do over Jamie. Can I just give a shout-out? Give a shout-out to... Uh, you know how we all love chase sequences and that, all that stuff in slasher movies that are a lot of fun to watch? One of the best chase sequences ever of any film, Brandon, I think you'll agree with me, Prom Night, uh, Anne-Marie Martin. Oh, because it goes on forever. Movie. Yeah. I know, but it's awesome, and she fights back. I love 
so she's pretty lethal. Yeah, it's the Velu fights of chase sequences. It is, and it's <laughs> freaking awesome. Every I love that movie. That, that Which you could, it's being a problem night. We could add Mary Lou from Prom Night Two to this list because she's very. We good. could, we could. I like yes. Mary Lou Prom Night Two. Well, Number we, six. Before we keep naming ones, let's uh, let's go to let's go to Jason. What's your last pick on the list here? All right. Well, obviously, I'm you know I tried to stay a little more you know illustrious, and you know in some of these movies they're very um, they're very serious or they're very uh, you know highbrow or whatever. So let me go for something that's a little more G, a little more low budget, a little more uh, or sort of B, a little more low budget, a little more cheesy. Uh, I would my uh, number five pick would be um, Melinda Clark from Return of the Living Dead Part Three. Oh, oh yeah, good yes. choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, the Brian Yuzna uh, Yuzna um, film, um, and uh, she's playing kind of. It's an interesting kind of role because you know it could have easily you know at the start it sort of seems like a forgettable role because she's you know with the the this guy who her, her father is in charge of all of the chemicals now and and uh, she's just the girlfriend but of course she ended up dying and then he brings her back and of course it's watching her go through this this turmoil of. You know, she wants to. She's dead. She's undead. She wants to eat brains, but then she sort of, you know, uh, you know, her, you know, uh, inserts herself with various uh, needles and 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 things to cause pain to take her mind off of these things. So it's a creepy, awesome, dark, creepy. There's there's nothing cult. like that movie. Like that no. no, no, it's a great. She really, and it, what was really great about movie. it. Is it it took it in a, it took that you know because Return of the Living Dead two is kind of I mean I, I'm a huge fan of the first one so the first the second one is it's kind of cheesy man so the, uh, what I loved is that he just wiped the slate clean and did a completely different movie and she makes that movie I mean her creepy sexy performance um, you know as an undead person not wanting to eat brains but you know wanting to still embody who she is and stuff it's a, it's a great piece of work and and from seeing her in that movie I had followed her on different stuff she did a little stint on on Firefly where she was amazing and I've always He's been a real big fan of Melinda Clark, so I would say Melinda Clark as the undead awesome lady of Return of the Living Dead, part three. All right. Good choice. Well, cool. Yeah, that was a cool. That was a good one to cap it off. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, any other other ones you want to make note of? I know I have a couple oh, left. Oh, Pollyanna. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Cecile de France in High Tension. The problem with that is mm-hmm. it's a great performance, but you don't really understand she's a lethal lady. You understand she's a strong lady, but you don't understand she's a lethal lady till near the end of the film. So um, a great piece of work, but uh, that's why I kind of went down on my list. And another one I think people forget is Pollyanna McIntosh, who plays um, Jadis on The Walking Dead. She did a movie called The Woman, where she was a, uh-huh. a, a fear, active, yeah. feral um, yeah. a woman who was ca- held captive by the suburban family. And boy, she just gets some serious revenge. So I, I, I would put those two up there as well. Mm. Interesting. Mm. One I wanted to uh, make note of was uh, Mia Wasikowska as India Stoker in Stoker, the Shark. Oh, oh yeah, uh, which I think is a, it's a great movie. Um, very, you want to talk about deliberately paced? I mean, the movie it takes its time to kind of get where it's going, um, but it's very so satisfying good, as far as where yeah, where if you're a horror fan, um, a movie like this is so it's so clinical, like in how it presents everything, but it, and so the when it really kind of gets deep into it it's like yeah okay i it earned this it earns all the kind of the twisted moves it makes towards the end of the film uh, yeah. another shout out that i had was although it kind of fell into sci-fi which is why i couldn't really say that it was which is um well you could have because i did pick bad Max. So yeah <laughs> you did choose bad Max. i like johansson's character in under the skin where oh, that, 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 that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, there are there are some horrific elements to it, and 
like that whole entire beach sequence where the baby's crying just really hurts my heart all the time um, mm. because that baby is just crying and its parents are never going to come back kind of thing. And she just like runs away. But um, yeah, there's, there's actually some really cool stuff and that music and the way that they shoot, the way that she kind of takes these humans is really, really cool. Mm. No, that's a, it's, it's a song. I mean, I, I incorporated that into one of the intros for a reason. I think it fully fits into the, into the realm of lethal ladies of horror. It, it's a, uh... It's a it's it's a sci-fi horror film as far as what it's doing. I mean, it's someone creepily abducting people and taking them into their pitch black cave to do things like it's... yeah. There's, again, there's, there's some cool ways that it subverts kind of the way that you know you show black widows or whatever the case is. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I one we we talked about Coraline and uh, there's another family film, a kids movie that has a pretty pretty lethal lady, and I would say hocus you know, pocus. No, F that movie. F focus, focus. I'm talking Angelica Houston and the Witches. And the Witches, yeah. Yeah, she was pretty. I mean, yeah, it's more of a kids' movie, but she's pretty terrifying in that flick. Yeah. Uh, I think we should give a shout out to the Soska sisters, who are directors in the horror genre, who are, you know, contributing. Again, this, that next and, week, next week, man, we, <laughs> we'll cover this. <laughs> I know, I know, you're tired. This is the exact topic of next week's show. I'll, I'll tell. Let me say that right now. Next week, we are going to do female directors of horror. Uh, that's that's the that is the plan for next week's show, which will have plenty of things to talk about. I think as far as the variety of films. Um, oh, also from that little creepy quote that I gave at the beginning of the of the movie, just for Jimmy, Betsy Palmer, of course, in Friday the Thirteenth. So that's for oh, that's, hell yeah. that's for that's for you, Jimmy. You know. <laughs> perfect i know it's not perfect but you know i figured it'd work it's halloween it's not i, I pretty much halloween pretty much runs throughout october there's the few, way i look at it there's a few other ones that i can make note of that i kind of have written down just in case they didn't come up but, um uh, what's i mean you mentioned we mentioned carrie how about mrs white carrie's mother um i think she's mm. kind of just as horrible oh, yeah. and lethal without actually doing any violence because she's just terrible yeah. psychological terrible. abuse exactly she she's probably she's probably good friends with mrs Cromody. exactly yeah exactly um asami <laughs> from audition is pretty uh <laughs> oh my god I mean, she does some she, she does some pretty horrific stuff you know i was actually gonna put uh, another oscar winner i think she's won an oscar i hope she's won an oscar actually maybe she hasn't i was gonna i'll add jennifer jason lee from single white female Mm. Talk about vicious man! What a, and what a really good, what an amazing performance! She's she's excellent in that film. I was gonna say the B version of that being uh, "Hand That Rocks the Cradle." Yeah, Rebecca yeah. 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 Rebecca De Mornay. Although it's a Curtis Hanson film, like it's well shot. <laughs> I like single white female better no, than I like. True, uh, true. It's, it's the, the better movie. Yeah. Yes. But speaking yeah, of which, Glenn, sure. Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction—they all seem to fit in this genre. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, oh, and, oh, and, and Princess Diaries. Don't forget that. How about horror film that's not a horror film? Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest. That always scared the crap out of me, man. It's, it's, really? it's a big performance. Screaming and yelling. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I'll note um, um, Patty McCormick as Rhoda Penmark in The Bad Seed. Um, which was uh, one of my mom's favorite movies as well. Uh, but that's... Mm. I saw the movie when I was very young, and it's very much stuck with me as far as an innocent... Not innocent. A little girl committing some really bad acts <laughs> in, the, in the scheme of things. Watch that yeah. Watch that, and then watch Orphan. Have that as a double feature. That's, that's, a, that's a fun night. Very different stylistically. <laughs> but, uh, anything else uh, we want to kind of go over with this topic before we wrap up? 
I think we, we did. I was trying to think of the lady in uh, Motel Hell because she's pretty twisted, but you know, hey. What's her name? God damn it. Brandon, help me out with this. Motel was it Motel Hell? Hell? Nancy Parsons? Is that it? No, that can't be right. Um, hold on. Yeah. The farmer Vincent Fritters yeah, thing? Far- that thing? Yeah, that's. Nancy Parsons? Yeah, the reason I thought of her because she's also. She's pretty lethal because she was in Porky's and she did some lethal crap in that, man. <laughs> all right. Well, I, th- I think we can probably wrap uh, this thing up then. Um, yeah. All right. I-, I think we've gone over uh, Lethal Ladies of Horror in a pretty great detail. I think we have a lot of great films here listed as well, so I'll be sure to post those in the, in the show notes for this episode. Um, Black Road. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next week, we will be talking about uh, female directors of horror. Um, let's 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 wrap things up here. Let's let's start going over where people can find more of everybody's work online. Uh, let's start with Brandon. Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you? Uh, Why so blue and Cult Cinema Cavalcade, which is Cult Cinema Cavalcade dot com. Uh, we are doing you know horror movies for October, of course. Our current episode is John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness uh, with Troy Brownfield oh, from so Saturday Evening Post. And then um, on the week of Halloween, we'll have our episode of Trick or Treat from 1986 uh, with Bianca Lane from uh, producer and actress from Zombie Natrix. We'll be uh, returning to our show. Nice. Talk at that uh, heavy metal horror fest. So. Sweet. That's what we got going on. That's the one, by the way, that Scream Factory should be putting out. Oh, I know. I've been, I know, I've been yeah. waiting for that damn thing. Get a little, get a little Mark Singer commentary on there. Get a little, you know, you know, and Charles Martin Smith. He's the one who directed that. I want to hear all yeah. of that. I want to hear exactly. Everything. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. I was right. Yeah, when I was rewatching. I was like, man, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Well, Jason, how about you? Where can people find more of you? Uh, again, just on whysoblue.com. Uh, you know, I put up encapsulated movie reviews, try to do every week, and uh, and again at the uh, going up on the 29th is a special kind of Halloween treat for all our readers. And of course, for my boss, Brian, who I know will love it. And uh, of course, Jimmy and I also work on the side doing cool events, which we're working on. And you can check us out, besides the Why So Blue, you can check us out at uh, Flicks for Fans on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Flicks, F-O-R for fans. Mm-hmm. Jimmy O. Yeah, Joe Blow, Arrow in the Head. I'm Facebook, you know, Twitter and that stuff. And uh yeah, and, and probably every uh, Mad Max Fury Road fan page, you can find me there. So, so yeah, there you go. Abe. Uh, just follow me on Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag uh, Queen Alien. I did that on purpose. And hold on, I have his, I have his number, so if you want to text him gifts. <laughs> no, please do <laughs> Nice. Give me that. Give me that after the show. <laughs> all right. You can find more of me at we I'm writing all my movie reviews over there these days, along with my coverage of The Walking Dead. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4, and everything goes to my blog at thecodezeek.com. Um, you can find our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom, everywhere you can find podcasts. You, know, you can find our Facebook page, Twitter. Yeah, we go you, everywhere we are. You know where we are. Um, there. Yeah, exactly. When you're there, you're everywhere. <laughs> um, wherever we go, there we are. And uh, in no particular order, thank you, Brandon, Jimmy, and Jason, for joining us today to talk thank Lethal you Ladies all. of Horror. Thank you for closing out with a Bucky Rubanzai quote. Love it. Yeah. You're welcome. It's uh, fitting, like Fury Road. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. What that... you can't see is we're all walking on the LA River. Well, like, we're all solo coming into the shot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in next week for more horror fun. Until then, until next time, so long. And goodbye. Goodbye.